from the United States of America. These are the greatest hits ever made. The big one. WTWW Lebanon, Tennessee, USA. Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of, Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks cafe cast, with your host, Denny J, K5DCC, in the Digicom Cafe Communications Network. Enjoy Denny's reality radio activities of the day, including cafe news and updates, on-air contacts on satellites, and conversations on a myriad of RF and digital communications platforms, including guest interviews of amateur radio operators from around the world. So, pull up a chair, enjoy some cafe on ice, and fill up your glass with some radio on the rocks. Today is Sunday, December 8th, 2019. I'm Denny J, K5DCC, here in the Digicom Cafe for another episode of Radio on the Rocks, or my reality radio podcast. Uh, today I spent a little time playing around with some SDR software. I have two laptops, uh, trying to figure out which one would work the best for doing satellite reception, particularly the linear birds. I downloaded HDSDR on the Windows machine and I have GQRX on my MacBook Pro. And so I've been uh, taking it outdoors lately for some of the linear birds, checking out uh, how the reception is using my aero antenna, coming up with some way of uh, easily carrying it in front of me so I can still use a radio and uh, hold the antenna while the laptop is right there in front of me. So uh, I've got a pretty pretty good system worked out now. But it's been really interesting listening to those linear birds. That's crazy. I have never seen sideband signals wander around the, the spectrum like they do on the birds. In fact, today I was uh, listening in on one of them, and uh, I swear one guy was just tuning up and down the dial as he was transmitting. And maybe that's acceptable. Maybe that's a way of... Uh, of catching someone who doesn't have uh, a pan adapter and can't really see but they can hear as he scrolls by a little bit and maybe we'll try and track him down maybe that's what it's for I don't know but it's really weird I'd appreciate it if you guys would send me a quick message and uh, with using that voice message link and let me know uh, more about that or send me an email or or on Twitter by the way uh, I notice a lot of the satellite guys are on Twitter it's kind of fun to uh, create a list there and add uh, the different satellite guys to that list and then monitor all their conversations. They share uh, pictures and videos with audio. They'll share uh, a list of the guys that they maybe worked on a bird or something and uh, just a lot of fun conversation. Uh, Very involved and uh, very communicative. So, in fact, I'm kind of drawing from some of those guys uh, to be guests here on my favorite pastime segment of the podcast. So uh, if you're out there on Twitter, stand by. If I work you, I'm going to contact you and hopefully get you here on the show to tell your story a little bit about how you got into amateur radio and particularly satellites and give us some tips and and instruction on how we can better uh, work these guys on the birds. 
And uh, right now, linear is something brand new to me. Uh, one of the things I have been doing, though, is I, I use GQRX on my MacBook, and I actually record the whole spectrum, which makes a big, big file. For one satellite pass of about 10 or 11 minutes, uh, I've seen my file sizes be as high as almost 9 gigabytes. But I can play it back, and then I can still scroll through the frequency range and listen to different segments of it, different uh, guys working uh, on a different portion. And rather than just recording one audio of one contact, which is nearly impossible on the linears because they're always moving around as uh, the Doppler effect and everything else uh, uh, takes uh, effect on it. But it is interesting, and I'm having fun with that. Just polishing and tweaking. This week I should be getting a cable so that I can... Uh, record the FM birds uh, without having to have any audio feedback. Uh, so uh, thanks to uh, Casey and uh, some others that have commented about using headphones, a headset, and uh, having a splitter for the audio coming out of the radio so one can go to the headset and one can go to the recording device. Uh, so that'll be uh, something I'll be completing, I think, sometime this week. But other than that, I haven't really done too much uh, on any other amateur radio platforms for the day. Uh, we do have the uh, amateur radio newsline, and here are some of the stories that they're going to be covering. Vandalism, thefts hamper Australian firefighting effort. Newsline announces International Newsmaker of the Year Award. 12 Days of Christmas event returns. Silent Key, leading Arizona amateur Mark Kaushauer and 7 kkq Silent Key Paul Ronaldo, W4RI, former ARRL Chief Tech Officer. New Hams, the very junior and the very senior. Efforts to get more youth on the air. Scouts release report for U.S. Jamboree on the air. New Zealand man injured in ham radio tower accident. Philippines authorities grant amnesty for unlicensed radios. Single letter call sign suffixes comes to Spain. Canadian Amateur Radio Hall of Fame adds W. Vancouver Ham, World of DX, Long Distance Dedication. So there's a list of the stories that will be upcoming here in this episode of Amateur Radio Newsline. So with that, I'll say 73 uh, for me, K5DCC, Echo Mike 36, and let's uh, go right on into the Amateur Radio Newsline, followed by my friend Mello, K1BAD. The bad boy from Boston with his daily devotional. 73. Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2197 with the release date of Friday, December 6, 2019 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. In Australia, vandals hit radio equipment aiding firefighters. YOTA month expands into the Americas, and Newsline announces the winner of its International Newsmaker Award for 2019. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2197 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, Stephen Kenford, N8WB. Our top story this week is the ongoing bushfire devastation in Australia. One vital team suffered a new challenge with its radio equipment as we hear from Graham Kemp, VK4BB. As bushfires continue to threaten parts of Australia, the Northern Tablelands team of the New South Wales Rural Fire Service suffered a serious setback. 
vandals struck a portable radio repeater trailer that firefighters and aircraft depend on for vital communication links. Radio equipment and numerous technical and mechanical components were stolen from inside the damaged trailer, which had been deployed southeast of Nimboida. This has kept the trailer offline, placing fire crews in even more danger as they push back against the deadly blazes. The Nimboida fires are some 400 miles north of Sydney, capital city of VK2. As police continue their investigation into the vandalism and thefts, one woman announced on Facebook that she had combined her holiday party with a fundraiser to help with the losses. She reported on the 1st of December she'd raised nearly $1,200 at the event. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Amateur Radio Newsline proudly announces the winner of our Newscast First International Newsmaker of the Year Award, a group that has consistently shown leadership and commitment to the ham radio community. Here's Ed Durant, DD5LP, with our deserving winner. What began 26 years ago in West Bengal, India, as the result of one ham radio operator's commitment to community service and safety, has blossomed into a powerhouse radio team of 285. The West Bengal Bengal Radio Club helps with critical communications during cyclones and earthquakes, reunites despairing families with missing members, transmits election results from rural polling places and teaches farmers who cannot afford lightning arresters to build their own life-saving devices. Each January they also serve as a safety net for the tens of thousands of Hindu pilgrims who travel to the Bay of Bengal and the River Ganges for the Holy Mela Festival. Most recently they helped put a stop to signal jamming that was blocking deep sea fishermen's access to essential broadcasts of cyclone warnings. Remarkably, the club accomplishes most of its operating simplex. Ombarish Nog Biswas, VU2JFA, said the club's most urgent need is for a repeater. They have no money, no budget and oftentimes members borrow equipment from the National Institute of Amateur Radio, a large non-profit club in Hyderabad. We called Ombarish Nog Biswas, the club's founder and secretary, to tell him the club is this year's International Newsmaker Award recipient and here's what he had to say. We are also very much happy to say that we will do from the land of Jagadish Chandra Bose, we are promised we will do something for the mankind using our radio hobby. Thank you. Congratulations to the West Bengal Radio Club from all of us at ARN. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. The popular 12 Days of Christmas on-air event is back and operators are getting ready. Jack Parker, W8ISH, gives us the details. The 12 Days of Christmas are once again going to bring 12 Days of QSOs as last year's popular holiday event returns for its second year. Sally, K2RYD, and Lou, N02C, are preparing to go back on the air, along with many of last year's operators from New York, New Jersey, Virginia, Oregon, Arizona, and North Carolina. Be listening for 12 days, starting on the 14th of December, for such call signs as W2P for partridges and W2T for turtle doves. You will hear them on single sideband CW in satellite modes. Then wait to unwrap your own holiday gift after January 1st when a special certificate will be available for you to download. Organizers are proud of last year's total of 12,200 contacts, but hope to surpass that number this year. 
Additional details are available on the QRZ page of K2RYD. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. A respected leader in the Arizona ham radio community has become a silent key. Mark Kiesauer, N7KKQ, died on Thanksgiving Day, November 28th, of brain cancer. Mark was perhaps best known among friends and fellow hams as an active volunteer with the Amateur Radio Council of Arizona, having held almost every board position as often as needed. In 2004, he served as the council's chairman. He and his wife, Chris, N7PVL, who is the council's treasurer, shared the council's Ham of the Year Award in 1999. Mark was also well known for doing what needed doing, whether it was to serve as an awards coordinator, announcer, coordinator of volunteers, or working on Wi-Fi and PA systems. He's also credited rebuilding the council's first Prowler trailer. Newsline extends its deepest condolences to his family and friends. Another influential amateur and a leader at the ERRL has become a silent key. Paul Ronaldo, W4RI, died on November 29th. Paul had been a leading voice on the global stage in amateur radio and was responsible for establishing the ARRL's Technical Relations Office in 1992 near Washington, D.C. In 2004, he became the league's first chief technology officer, a post he held until his retirement in 2008. For years, he was a frequent face and voice at ITU conferences. He was also a board member of the United States ITU Association. The Virginia resident, who was first licensed in 1949, was 88. When is the right age to become a ham? Ask the newcomers in this new report from Jim Meach and ZL2BHF. Amateur radio is as ageless, it seems, as the rookie radio operators it attracts. A recent report in the Courier newspaper in Iowa notes that Jane Buck of Cedar Falls recently passed her general class exam after three very earnest tries and now shows off her call sign, KE0RKO, on her car's license plate. She was inspired and encouraged by her son, Wayne, KE0GTF. Jane Buck, rookie radio operator, is 78. Meanwhile, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, nine-year-old Sayondra Scarborough and ten-year-old Jawani Laidlow became the Southern Caribbean nation's youngest candidate to pass the technician's class test after completing a one-week series of free classes from the Rainbow Radio League and partly sponsored by the National Telecommunications Regulatory Commission. They were among 13 licensed candidates in their class. Like Jane Buck, these amateur radio candidates also had their share of encouraging words throughout the process. Veteran hams stopped by during the one week of training to give moral support and cheer them on. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. December is the month for celebrating young operators on the air. While plans are underway for Region 2 Youth Radio Camp this summer, young hams are already tuning up this month, as Paul Brown, WD9GCO, tells us. The Youth on the Air organization is growing every year. This year, it's even bigger. Newsline's own Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, is organizing a Region 2 Yoda camp. And our 2018 Young Ham of the Year, Bryant Rascal, KG5HVO, is very much involved in this month's event, as he explains. I am currently the Yoda Month coordinator for Region 2. Uh, Region 1 started the Yoda Month activity in uh, 2013, and they've had a very successful program of encouraging youth to get on the radio, especially during the month of December, which is commonly known as Youngsters on the Air Month or Youth on the Air Month. 
This year, since the announcement of Youth on the Air Region 2, we thought we would join Region 1 as well as Region 3 and have a joint special event operation that involves youth from all over the world. And so the goal is mainly to get youth on the radio. The youth is defined as an operator under uh, 25 years old. Rascal explained that since we cannot use four-letter suffixes here in the USA, they have four separate one-by-one calls, each with a letter that together spells out Yoda. You can find out more at the website, yotaregion2.org. That's with the numeral two. We encourage everyone to try and work all of the stations involved in this month's event. All of us at Newsline would also like to congratulate Bryant on achieving the level of Eagle Scout, earning it with a service project that includes amateur radio. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K8SCH repeater of the Okai Inn Amateur Radio Society in Cincinnati, Ohio, on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Organizers of this year's Jamboree in the Air have released their report for participation in the United States. Bill Stearns, NE4RD, tells us more. This week in radio scouting, the 2019 U.S. Jamboree on the Air report is out. Based on the 201 station reports received following the event, 9,106 scouts and 4,677 visitors participated this year. The collective totals show a slight decrease in overall participation. However, based upon the lower number of reporting stations, this is an increase in participation at event stations of 24%, or 13 more participants per station. The highlighted station report comes from WN7BSA station, where they had 140 Cub Scouts and 85 Scouts. They operated two HF stations, three 2-meter stations, and one 33-centimeter station. Only a few contacts were made on 20 meters, but 40 meters was fairly active. VHF and UHF contacts through the local repeaters made up the deficit, but the real star was D-Star through the KR-7 ST repeater in Sahurita, Arizona. See more of this report on the K2BSA website. The ICOM America ID-51A plus 2HT prize was selected via randompicker.com and goes to Robert Crow, K88CDC, who was the control operator and reporter of the K2BSA Portable 8 station. Congratulations, Robert, and thank you to ICOM America for supporting scouting. For more information on this and radio scouting, please visit our website at k2bsa.net. For Amateur Radio Newsline and the K2BSA Amateur Radio Association, this is Bill Stearns, NE4RD. From New Zealand comes another cautionary tale urging tower safety. Here's Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. In the North King Country town of Otorohonga, the collapse of a ham radio tower on the 1st of December left one person trapped, according to local media reports. Police and four fire engines responded to the scene, according to Fire and Emergency New Zealand. There were no further details about the collapse or the person involved, but according to media accounts, by the time the emergency personnel arrived, the individual was free. Media reports said that a St John spokeswoman reported that they received a call for someone who needed treatment for moderate injuries. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Newsline again reminds all hams doing tower work to observe safety procedures and not to work alone.
There's good news for hams in the Philippines. It's a period of amnesty to let them register their equipment. John Williams, VK4JJW, has that story. The National Telecommunications Commission in the Philippines is giving hams with unregistered repeaters, mobile radios or portable radios and HF rigs a chance to register them until the 23rd of December without penalties or surcharges. A November memorandum from NTC officials offered guidelines for those wishing to come into compliance with mandatory national registration. Under this amnesty program, the equipment can be registered at any NTC regional or district office or during any mobile licensing activities. The equipment must be owned and operated by those holding a valid license to do so. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. Contesters in Spain just got a welcome approval from authorities about their call signs. Ed Durant, DD5LP, has that development. Don't be surprised if you hear a ham from Spain calling QRZ and his call sign has a single letter suffix. The Spanish Amateur Radio Union, or URE, recently secured approval for amateur radio operators to be granted call signs with a suffix containing a single letter. The announcement in late November on the URE website marks the successful conclusion of the Radio Union's five-year battle with the Grand Directorate of Telecommunications and Information Technologies and the Ministry of Economy and Business. Meanwhile, there is disappointing news from Switzerland, where the National Amateur Radio Society, the USKA, learned of Ofcom's rejection of its request for a ham radio call sign for trainees. The Swiss proposal is modelled after a system in Germany that allows trainees to gain on-air operation experience under supervision of their mentor, who holds the training licence. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP, and holder of the DN5LP training call sign. There's a new name among the notables in the Canadian Amateur Radio Hall of Fame. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, has those details. His years of contributions and hard work have earned Ed Fraser, VE7EF, a place in the Canadian Amateur Radio Hall of Fame. The West Vancouver Ham was appointed by Radio Amateurs of Canada's trustees for his long record of service to the amateur community. He co-founded the British Columbia Amateur Radio Coordination Council and has served it both as director and officer. He's also been RAC director for the British Columbia and Yukon region and chairman of the RAC's Administration and Finance Committee. Ed also has been president of the UBC Amateur Radio Club and the North Shore Amateur Radio Club, NSARC. Ed was also a former employee of British Columbia Telephone Company and former chairman of the Vancouver chapter of the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. For eight years, he had chaired the Board of Trustees for the Canadian Amateur Radio Hall of Fame, the very entity, indeed, where his name will now be listed, among so many others. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Gerard, F2JD, will be on the air as HR5 slash F2JD in Honduras from December 12th through to April 4th. Listen for Gerard on 160 to 6 meters using CW, SSB, and the digital modes. Send paper QSLs direct to F6AJA or via the REF Bureau. Logs will be posted on the LNDX website. 
Brad, VK2BY will be active as HS0ZNR from Thailand between the 14th of December and the 8th of January. Listen for Brad on 80 through 10 meters using SSB and FT8. QSL to VK2BY. Brad will upload his log to Clublog and LOTW. Herald, D42WO is on the air from Burkina Faso through the 20th of December. Listen for him as XT2AW on all bands 160 to 6 meters. Send QSLs to M0OXO OQRS. Members of the Hope Hill Contesters Group are using the call sign TO9W from St. Martin in the Caribbean through the 13th of December. Send QSLs to W9ILY. Matt IZ4YGS will be on the air from Ghana until the 28th of December. He is using the call sign 9G5GS on all bands 160 to 15 meters on FT8 and SSB. QSL to his home call. If you're a DXer, the date of December 11th should have a special meaning for you. In our final story of the week, Mike Askins, KE5CXP, explains why. Happy 98th birthday to DX. No, that's not someone's initials. You all know better than that. It's the long-distance communication so many of us can be found chasing late at night or in the early hours of the morning, even from mountaintops and lighthouses. It's been a feverish pursuit for so many radio amateurs, especially since December 11, 1921, when the first transatlantic tests event was held, pushing the limits of amateur frequencies. The idea was to see if low-power stations could get their message across the ocean and into Europe. Yes, it worked, didn't it? Radio Club of America Station 1BCG in Greenwich, Connecticut made contact with Scotland. To mark 98 years of mostly good DX since then, the ARRL's station W1AW at the Newington, Connecticut headquarters will operate on December 11th from 1300 to 0100 hours UTC. Teams of volunteer operators will help commemorate the milestone while underscoring how radio can connect us wave by wave in the United States and Europe. Operating frequencies will be posted on the message board and on web-based SDR at k3fef.com colon 8901. Be listening on that day for two other initials. CQ. CQ. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, the Courier, CQ Magazine, the Guardian, Irish Radio Transmitter Society, K2BSA, New Zealand Herald, Ohio Pen DX Bulletin, QRZ.com Forums, Radio Amateurs of Canada, The Searchlight, 7 News, Southgate Amateur Radio News, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners. That's all for the Amateur Radio Newsline. Please send emails to our address at newsline at arnewsline.org. More information is available at Amateur Radio Newsline's only official website at arnewsline.org. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Today's daily devotional is entitled, No Grounds for Racism. Numbers 12.1 reads, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. 
The one thing I can never understand is how a Bible-believing Christian could ever justify looking down on someone or rejecting someone because they're different. There's no area of scripture where we can turn to in justifying an attitude of racism or bigotry on the basis of a person's skin color, culture of origin, or country of origin. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the only time God tells his people to separate from a particular group of people is when the practices of those people are, are idolatrous and wicked in their behavior and lifestyle. In Deuteronomy 7.3, God told the Israelites not to intermarry with the people that were in the land into which God was leading them. Why? Deuteronomy 7.4 tells us, For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods, so the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and will destroy you suddenly. Why does God tell us today not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 tells us, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? It has everything to do with not intermingling with anyone who will draw us away from the Lord or who professes a different belief system than we do as born-again believers. We who are not of this world are not to be involved intimately and intimary with those who are of this world. However, it is never on the basis of skin color, culture of origin, or country of origin. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses for no reason other than that he married an Ethiopian woman. God's response to their bigotry was that he became angry with both of them and struck Miriam with leprosy. In this case, it appears that Miriam was the instigator in this uh, incident. And therefore, Aaron, although just as guilty for going along with Miriam's sinful behavior, was not punished as severely. A caution to all of us that we should never prompt or encourage others to be bigoted or discriminate against someone because they look different than we do. As brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of what we look like or what background or what our background is, we're to love one another and not hate. 1 John chapter 2 verse 9 tells us, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. Acts chapter 10 verses 34 and 35 also read, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So if salvation is available to all, as we know from John 3.16, and God accepts all who come to him, regardless of who they are, what they look like, or where they come from, why would we reject someone God accepts? Regardless of what our background or where we were born, we all have the same origin. As the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, where he said, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed time and the boundaries of their dwellings. See, a day is coming when we will all, people from all nations, be before the throne of God, lifting our voices in praise. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10 tells us, After these things I look, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could, have, could number, of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palms, palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
See, the bottom line is that there is nothing in God's word that forbids Christians from different backgrounds, cultures, or skin colors from marrying one another, being close friends, or having any other type of intimate relationship. And shame on anyone who proclaims the name of Christ but hates others because of racism or bigotry. As God's children, the only thing we are called to hate is sin, because God hates sin. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Romans 12, 9. Today, God extends an invitation to you to accept this free gift of salvation. Will you accept it? Anyone who calls on Jesus by faith and repentance, confessing your sins, will receive eternal life. Do not put off calling on him and receive him as free gift of salvation today. Thank you for visiting and listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. This podcast can be heard on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher apps plus the embedded anchor.fm widget at digicomcafe.com. You can also listen to all of our cafe casts on your Amazon devices by asking Alexa to play radio on the rocks. Now, please stand by for a word from one of our sponsors. Is there somebody that you know that's trying to get their ham ticket? trying to ham test online it's easy there's no drudgery to it there's no dread to it and right now you can get the technician exam study guide that's normally $29.95 and right now during this sale price it's only $19.95 that's right that's the technical study guide for the tech license for ham test online now let them log into HamTest Online and let them follow the program study guide. They'll get their ticket in a matter of a few days. Right now, the price is reduced to $19.95. So get online. And if you've already got all of your tickets, then ham it forward by buying this study program for someone who's trying and wants to get into ham radio. HamTestOnline.com. That's HamTestOnline.com. <laughs> 